This is the Hawthorne 73 Drive Podcast. Design, rigor, innovate, victory, everyone. What's driving you? Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the D73 Drive Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, John Reed, and I'm here as always with... Hi, this is Karen Maturo, Assistant Superintendent of Innovative Learning. Thanks for joining us again today. So today we are on everyone. So this is our episode where we kind of look at the equity piece and how can, sometimes we bring in technology. Sometimes we just talk generally about, you know, what are some ways that we can foster equitable practices and make sure that experiences and technology and all those different things are accessible to all of our students. So today we've actually got, uh, we were looking at an article that was on the Digital Promise website and it was called Closing the Digital Learning Gap. And we're going to kind of focus in on, there was one section of this article that talked about powerful use of technology as one way to help close the digital learning gap. And the title of that section was, Many teachers and students of all ages do not yet have the knowledge and skills to use technology in personally productive and powerful ways. So it talks about how learning to use this technology effectively goes deeper than learning how to access the mm -hmm. internet on your phone or use social media mm -hmm. or things like that for entertainment. You know, sometimes we would talk about, would have, you know, teachers in my hallway when I was still at the middle school, you know, people being nervous about, well, but the kids know so much more about technology than we do. Not necessarily. Right. Like the kids know how to play games and they know how to do certain <laughs> things, but they don't necessarily know how to use the technology in powerful ways to become more productive. Right. Um, that's stuff that they need still need to be taught. So anybody who's feeling overwhelmed that, oh, wow, kids know more about technology than I do, that's not necessarily true. They might know a little bit more about the technology itself, but how to use it in a really powerful way maybe not quite as much so and this is what you and i talk about so much about technology like that equity and access mm -hmm. like how are we meeting the needs of all different types of students in our classroom so this is the one that excites me all the time when i think about how technology can actually deepen a student's understanding um, can be introduced to things that they've never been introduced to before they can actually see it and they can help problem solve so I think this leads us into like one of the first bullet points that they talked about in that article is how do you personalize for kids? Yeah. And we, you and I have spent time at Leap Innovations where we did personalized learning in our middle schools. And I think with, I keep hearing about, we have students who are newcomers. We have students who need enrichment. Using technology can help do that. It can help extend, enrich, enhance the curriculum. It can make it more personalized and it doesn't have to be really hard. I remember our sixth grade math teachers at Middle School South, they're still doing it, so go contact them. But they had specific learning pathways for different students. So based on a pre-assessment, students were able to take a designated pathway depending on what they understood and what they needed support on. And it was just amazing to see. And I know you remember when we were interviewing kids doing it, they were saying, oh my gosh, this is this is me. This is what I need. These are the goals I need to set. This is the pace I need to go. Imagine a classroom where this is going on mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And I, so I think technology gives you that option. You can create videos, you can create pathways, you can upload things to your Google Classroom or Canvas, whatever you're using, that a student can go on their own specific pathway. Well, I'm just thinking of the ways that we as adults use technology to personalize 
our own training or to personalize mm -hmm. what it is that we want to do. You know, I think of times where we had some trainings, you know, years and years ago in the district. I remember we would have technology trainings and mm -hmm. we would have a, a guy from <laughs> Apple would come in um, and he would do the training. And I remember at that time that there were, and, and I'm not saying that's a fault of the training, but I think I was a little bit more advanced than some of the other mm -hmm. teachers in there and I would get kind of bored. Right. And so I'd sit there and I'd start personalizing my own training. Right. I'd start pulling some of his resources and going, okay, all right, well, he's talking in general over here. Let me go look up some YouTube videos on how I can take this and extend it. And, it, yeah. and that's just, that's one way that you can take what you, your existing content and that you can make it more personally relevant mm -hmm. because that's, I mean, that's what's going to, like you said, right. those kids that had that experience of in their math it class, they were following easy. the pathway and they're like, wow, this is like, this is me. Like this that's, is that's me. Some of the kids said, like, this right. is me. This is how I and some understand had to go and slower, with the math. And, yeah. Which was fine too. Like yeah. different pathways for different students. And I always think about like, we talk about students who are unengaged, disengaged, <laughs> however what that term. But they are because it's not meeting their needs. And I get it. Remember, one of the first things we talked about with personalizing is you're not doing 28 different lesson plans for the students in your class, but you are saying the kids who really need some additional help or intervention, we could do this pathway. Mm -hmm. And technology helps us do this pathway. We can have them watch this video. We can have them retake this quiz online and get scored and blah, blah. We, we have artificial intelligence help them learn something. Kids who met, we're doing this. Kids who are exceeding, we can do this pathway. And I encourage all of you out there to, to definitely go talk to um, some of our middle school staff who are using some individual pathways for their students. Uh, Reteaching is on video. They show how to do a problem. I remember the math teachers, I watched a video one time of how they did some sort of problem. It was all videotaped. The teacher was talking videotaped. Students who needed additional support could re-watch the video mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Just what a great way to personalize. It's like it, Hawthorne's own little version of Khan Academy. Exactly. Like being able to go watch those videos. Pause, and there you go. Go back as many times as you want. There's yeah. another tool. Yeah. Khan Academy yeah. to extend the learning, yeah. reteach the learning. We have that. Yeah. Um, and making sure that there's, like you were saying, making sure there's an appropriate level of challenge and mm -hmm. support for the students. And that doesn't mean the teacher is non-existent. Right. It just means when the teacher is working with a specific group of students, the other group, the other two or three groups, are getting what they need when they need it. So they're not waiting for the tears. They're not like, this is so easy. Like yeah. you said, like, what am I doing this for? The work is matched up to their needs. Yeah. It's the personalization doesn't replace the teacher. It enhances what the teacher can do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one of the other bullet points, and I was, we we're going to blend together a couple of the bullet points that were in this article. Um, one was accessibility and mm -hmm. one was access resources. So we're kind of, we're going to lump those a little bit together because I think some of what we were thinking about ties those two things together. And, and the idea being that the technology can make content and resources more accessible, um, but also technology makes it possible to access experts worldwide, to access yeah. course materials on all kinds of different topics um, and just provide all kinds of different options for students. I think you were talking about before we even started recording, we were saying, you know, you could almost, if you find the right materials yes. on YouTube or oh my, other places like that, that you can basically take an entire college course yes. all through YouTube videos. And, and there's others, I mean, I've taken, from time to time, I've taken classes on 
uh, I'm, I'm probably pronouncing the name of the site wrong, but uh, Udemy. Uh -huh. um, they have all kinds of courses. You can buy individual courses. They have that master class. You uh -huh. know, if you've ever seen any of yes, those, like Steve Martin will teach you how to be a Absolutely. comedian and, and all that. I have, uh, and I've wanted to take them. Yeah, I know. I I've looked at those before too. Um, and I think part of the part of the idea of that is we have so many different resources. We tend to use Google a lot. Right. I think if a teacher has a question, they're going to go straight to Google. Um, did you know what the second biggest search YouTube. engine is? Yep. I have. Well, and the reason I'm saying is because my own husband who owns a plumbing business, he's constantly YouTubing a yeah. bunch of. Things. Let's say he has to fix something in our house, like mm -hmm. a piece of something. He's always learning from YouTube. Mm -hmm. I I definitely think I'm old, sorry, but like my kids and their spouses, they're constantly YouTubing to fix anything in their house. My son-in-law just fixed his ice maker by YouTube. And I do think- We just fixed our dishwasher. There you go. YouTube, yeah. Well, and I, I do think we underuse mm -hmm. the accessibility that we can. Like finding real writers. I don't have to talk about my writing process to students. I can have a prolific, famous writer mm -hmm. on the screen talking about his writing process. Yeah. I could show somebody else's writing process. I can compare and contrast the two or three writers who are making a living and saying, which process do you like the best? Mm -hmm. Here's mine as a teacher. Here's Johnny's as a student. Look at all these different ways to write. I, I do think we're underutilizing the um, resources that are available to us in our classrooms. Real people doing real things. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would love to see more of that happening. Whether it's a scientist doing an experiment or solving a problem or um, an artist mm -hmm. watching an artist do some of his artwork. Yeah. A writer. Oh, there's a so reader. many, like the artist in particular, there's so many amazing videos that you can go back to and, and watch somebody go through their entire process. Oh my gosh, it's, and it's just awesome. And it's real world. We yeah. keep talking about rigor. We've been talking every podcast about real world applications, transfer, mm -hmm. deep knowledge, deep understanding. Why not show kids this is what real people do with mm -hmm. these skills? And well, so there's the relevance. And as a teacher, I want to be able to provide the best teaching and the best learning to my students. And maybe, maybe there's a particular concept that I'm not an expert at. You know, not nobody's a nobody's a jack of all trades, <laughs> master of none. That's, mm -hmm. that's the whole thing. Exactly. Um, so nobody's going to be the best at everything, and there might even be the case where you're like, well, nobody else in my building yeah. necessarily is the best at everything. Um, so I mean, that's kind of. That's kind of you go to find the best, and maybe the best is a video on YouTube or a Vimeo or any of these other video services. Some of the best teachers may have put some of their content up there, and it's free for you to use. I keep yeah. thinking even PE. So I remember my son when he was playing baseball, watching the best hitters in baseball yeah. explain we did that with my own son. I mean, yep. and, and so and think about even like accessibility and accessing resources videotaping in PE mm -hmm. someone's swing and comparing it to a famous ball player's mm -hmm. swing yeah. you know all that the other thing that you know you and I keep talking about too and um, is the accessibility feature for our newcomers yeah. students who speak a different language students who have trouble accessing mm -hmm. and so I think you know that's the other thing that you and I keep challenging each other is like, what are the accessibility tools that we provide teachers with to help their students? And yeah. we, you know, the simple ones, and you always tell me like the text to speed, 
just translation, mm -hmm. just that tool alone. Yeah. A new student can't speak the language. We give them that transition, transition, translation tool. Yeah. What, how different they would feel being able to communicate with us. So those are the kinds of things that we need to make sure that all teachers know how to use. Are there any others that come to your mind, like with disabilities, like we talked about, text-to-speech, well, I mean, translation? And, and even just still on the on the newcomer piece of it, there were so many, I remember as a kid, like the when I moved over to, because I lived in England for a little while, and in England, the primary language, well, I lived in Texas before, so our, <laughs> our foreign language at that point was Spanish, um, and I took a little tiny bit of Spanish before mm -hmm. we moved over to England, and of course theirs is French. I knew absolutely no French at all. And so going over there, I remember my dad, you know, he, he worked for a, in a technology company. Mm -hmm. So we had a computer at home, we had access, and he went to the computer store, the software store at the local mall and bought us some programs to help us learn French. And they were these little games that we'd play. Right. And I think everybody, you know, who's, you know, old enough to have had a computer lab in right. their school growing up. They would go into the computer lab, you'd play little games like Oregon Trail or some oh, of the yeah. little language games, the Mavis Beacon typing and like all this mm -hmm. other stuff. But I mean, I think games in and of itself too, especially if you are a newcomer and you don't know the language, there's that combination of the the graphics. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have images, so you don't have to rely on knowing the language. Right. You can have that nonverbal communication to be able to understand what's going on and start to learn the language that way. So there's all kinds of tools out out there I know just at home uh, my daughter when she first started learning Latin that's the language she's in right now um, I think she had jumped on Duolingo uh -huh. a little app and just was starting to learn it that way um, but thinking about newcomers a couple things too I mean talking about the the language learning through games and interactive tools and things like that another thing I was thinking of was just getting a cultural orientation you're a newcomer. Let's say you've come from another country, whether you're a refugee, whether you're an immigrant, whatever the case may be, you've come to a new place. What do you know about Vernon right. Hills, Illinois, Mundelein, right. Libertyville, this area? You know, just the ability to, and, and we can go back and use YouTube as, as an example, if there are virtual tours of your town, if there's awesome. videos to talk about, well, in American culture, we do this and we say we this. Eat this. We, we eat this. We eat this, right? The food. I mean, just basic things like that, I think, ways even outside of school, ways to acclimate newcomers to their surroundings, to the culture, to the language, to all mm -hmm. that piece. But why wouldn't we be using that in school? Right. Like that's part of the whole and purpose. Even intro introducing <laughs> yeah. them to the people in the school. Yeah. Like doing a videotape for every newcomer. Here mm -hmm. are the people in the office. Mm -hmm. They're here to help you. Right. Here's your principal and assistant principal. Yeah. Here's the, the coaches. Here's mm -hmm. these people. Yeah. And they start to recognize here's your art teacher. Yeah. Here's your PE teacher. Here's what they do. Yeah. That's what a great way to welcome, you know, we keep talking about SEL integrations, yeah. what a great way to welcome newcomers. Because to a certain degree, school is school. Yes. If I go to school in another country, it's gonna have a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. But American school may also be slightly yeah. different, enough so that it would help to have some kind of way to acclimate to, okay, well, in our home country, this is how school was, but in America, this is what school looks like. This I is how it's structured. This yeah. is how, I mean, I think for newcomers, I think that would be amazing. Lunchtime is a big one. Yeah. I said, I always worry about even, I'm not even talking about new to, you know, from another country. I'm talking about the student, where they sit at lunch, yeah. who they sit with. To me, that's always a big worry. I think today, what we've talked about is like, overall, 
kids who need additional support on that end of the continuum, what you can do with technology, accessibility, you know, resources, and then also way at the other end, how you can extend using personalization, accessibility, giving them accessibility to do other things or access other resources. And of course, all the kids in the middle. So yeah. like, that's what technology can help you do is just meet all of the students' needs on the continuum. Yeah. And we hope that you think a little bit about personalization, accessibility features, accessing different resources. Um, and so next time, in, in a few weeks from now, when we come back to our everyone episode again, uh, well, a few weeks from now, we're going to talk a little bit more about some powerful uses of technology for your own personal productivity, uh, for learning. We'll talk a little bit about using professional tools, um, increasing feedback and assessment and, and all these different pieces. So we've got a few more things related to this article. I will put a link to the article in the show notes here on the podcast so you can go take a look at it if you'd like to, but we will kind of circle back to this mm -hmm. one a few weeks from now when we get back to our every one uh, episode. This is a big to. one. So, yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff in here. <laughs> there so. really is. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us one more time for this. Um, Karen, hope you have a good rest of your week. You and, too. All right. Wednesday. Everybody, thank you so much, and we'll see you back here next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the D73 Drive podcast. Design, rigor, innovate, victory, everyone. What's driving you?